Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Head on Believe It Steelers. The Steelers get some linebacking depth. We talk about the running back position in the NFL. But first, Ike, we have to start on a little bit of a somber note. Your teammate, Clark Hagens, died. He was 46 years old. Uh, and we'll start there here on the Believe in Steelers show. But a beloved member from the Super Bowl team all the way back in 2005, Ike. Yeah, Mr. I care about everybody. <laughs> That's all Clark Hagens was. Um, very selfless. Always cared about somebody else. Every time Clark came into that weight room with that building, Mark, you like, man, how the hell you got all this energy early in the morning? <laughs> you, you know, that's that was that was Clark. So Clark, uh I started out with Clark. Clark was my outside linebacker when I started to start in the NFL. So he was always on my side. So I used to tell Clark, hey man, on these deep comebacks by these wide receivers, depending on the coverage mark, I need you to get out 18 yards so you can sit under so I can play the post. And, uh, you know, linebackers, when it when it comes anything outside the box, they ain't trying to go no more than eight yards, but uh, especially on pass coverages. But uh, Clark got all the way out there for me, 18 every time, and he spoiled me. So, um, but Clark was just, I don't, know, I don't know where he got the energy from. I mean, early in the morning, Mark, it ain't even matter what time it was. Clark just coming up with flip-flops. He coming up with flip-flops. He barely wore shoes. Um, California baby, so he just always wore flip flops, whether it was with a whether it was with a suit or, or goddamn uh, workout clothes. That was Clark, but Clark was just—he was different, man. He was all the way different. The ultimate Gee. teammate, the ultimate teammate. So it was just um, never said, never heard nothing negative come out of his mouth, you know, ever at all. Even when he was joking that he cracked on somebody, it was super corny. But that was just Clark. But, uh, you know, we, I mean, it's sad to say 46 years old, um, still a baby when it come down to it. But you just never know, man. We all fight some kind of demons uh, some way, somehow. So it's always just good to to check up on your brother or call him and say you love him, one or two, because you just never know. But from 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 me to Clark, uh, all I can remember was him always being happy and having a high intensity walking into that damn facility. Is there a specific memory you have, Ike, of an instance, whether it was the practice facility or a game? Oh, man. Um, just his, his motor. So, you know, you know, you know, sometimes you how you got to pick a guy up. Like it's a lot of it's a lot of athletes in the NFL, a lot of very talented players in the NFL, and you know sometimes they'll take a day off. That man ain't never take a day off. Like he he really he really valued himself and felt lucky to be in the NFL. And every day of practice, whether it was practicing on the field or working out in the weight room, you know he 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 gave it a max of hundred and ten percent. So that's like one of the fine memories I I remember about Clark and the ultimate hanging out guy. I mean Clark cared a, Clark Clark cared about everybody and everything. So um 
I mean, dang, man, it's just like the ultimate. If you want to draw up a teammate and have a teammate have some kind of character and just be willing to do whatever for the team, that was Clark. That yeah, was Clark. I- a college teammate of Joey Porter's as well right. at Colorado State. And then Steelers fans will remember Super Bowl 40, a sack of quarterback Matt Hasselbeck on the opening drive, right. setting the tone early in that game. Yeah, that would that, that would clock. Like sleep on clock if you want to, coming off that edge. And you was gonna have a you was gonna have a problem all day because his motor, his motor, man, his, his motor ran so high, man. It's like, dang, how your motor always redlining? You know? Sometimes you can let up off the gas, but you your motor on red line. But that that was that was a characteristic of Mark that made me of Clark that made him so special. Absolutely, you know? condolences to him, his family, and everything, and his loved ones. And I, you're included in that, and his Steelers teammates as well. Uh, gone far too soon at the age of 46. Change gears here a little bit. Today's Believe in Steelers show brought to you by BetOnline.ag. It's the off season. So there's a ton of over-unders you can bet on, whether it's win totals, player props. We're into Major League Baseball season as well. So if you want to bet on any of the sports action, betonline.ag is the place to do it. Yeah, make sure y'all go to betonline.ag, 24-7-365. Right now they got a College World Series going on. Mm -hmm. And LSU wind up sliding up in that thing. So make sure y'all just tune in with whatever sport it is. Um, The NBA just got done with the NBA draft. So it's a lot just going on, but make sure y'all go to betonline.ag. Head over to the website today. Use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B-L-E-A-V. You can see that on your screen right now to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And yeah, Ike, you mentioned the College World Series. Omaha, Nebraska for the College World Series is something special. I'm personally pulling for Wake Forest, the North okay. Carolina team, yeah, yeah. trying to win their first College World Series title since 1955, Ike. Yeah, you know, I'm going to go with LSU. I'm just going to shoot on over there to betonline.ag and see what they can get from me. We will keep it in Pittsburgh, though. And uh, Najee Harris talking about the declining value of running back, something we talked about last week during our show, Ike, when we were in the flesh. And it was something when we were discussing Dalvin Cook's release and I kind of came to the conclusion where the NFL is devaluing pretty much every other position other than quarterback right now. This to me comes as no surprise considering Cook is out on the street. Zeke Elliott is still a free agent at the time of this recording on Friday, June the 23rd. Najee Harris has two more years on his rookie deal than the Steelers can decide on the fifth year option. But this to me is like, are we really going to devalue someone like Cook, who has had four consecutive thousand yard seasons? I understand the declining production, but four straight thousand yard seasons and he's a free agent like that just doesn't add up to me. And before I turn it over to you, my, my general premise is this. I understand you need an elite level quarterback to go on and win a Super Bowl or someone who's at least competent. But I wonder at what point in the NFL teams decide to start to zag and say, okay, yeah, we'll get a rookie or we'll get someone who's decent and then load up around that quarterback. We don't necessarily need to pay a quarterback 50, 55, what Joe Burrow will eventually make with $60 million per season. That's how I see this. What say you? Yeah, so to to answer the Najee um, discussion, we're talking about the – the, the devaluing of the running backs 
Um, it's just, it's just, it's just tough. It's just tough right now. Um, the league, the league, and the fans want to see points. So unless you're Christian McCaffrey, um, unless you Alvin Kamara, who can hit a big home run <clears throat> every blue moon or have a lot of splash plays, and Dalvin Cook has been rushing for past four thousand yards in the past five years. That's just what he do. He been hitting a thousand um, four out of five years. So it's crazy we don't look at that as a oh he has a lot of value, you know. So, but I think the reason why. Um, running backs don't get paid um, as much or, or as least paid as probably the top offense um, position is because people want to see points so the receiver's going to get paid. Um, even the tight ends now are getting paid, you know. So now it's the, it's the quarterback. Um, it's, the, it's the quarterback, it's the receivers, then it's the tight ends, then after that. It's the running backs when you want to talk about skill position. And, you know, the running backs, if you look at it, they damn near get paid like the centers. So we already know, you know, if you're an offensive tackle, you're offensive tackle on the outside and you're an all-pro, you're going to get paid. But until a team like the Tennessee Titans win a championship and people really see the value of a Derrick Henry, oh, yeah, we can run the ball, even though it might not be a fan style or a fan favorite, they're just going to keep devaluating um, the running back position. So until somebody wins, you know, that Super Bowl um, on running, like how the Tennessee or even Lamar Jackson and company, them leading the league in Russia, you know, until somebody, until somebody win it, that style, they're not going to value that position. Um, when we was playing the Sean Alexanders, the Jerome Bettis, all them guys, it was damn near running. It was more running than passing, so say. So they value running backs a little bit different. But nowadays, you know, points is everything. Points is points, points is views when it comes down to the NFL. Mark, so everybody want to see, they don't want to see the 17-13 game. That ain't doing nothing for their fantasy. So it's a lot involved when it comes down to points and, and, and making the game go back and forth. And just if you're not one of them Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey, um, and Alvin Kamara kind of style running back who can hit a home run whenever they want to, you ain't going to be looked at as value like the top uh, echelon of them guys. Saquon Barkley, he ready to get paid right now. We already know Saquon damn near 60% of the Giants offense. Um, even Josh Jacobs, he's ready to get paid right now. So they just sitting and waiting to pay these guys. And we talking about all pro running backs right here. So, um, we shall see. There's, there's some guys out there. Dalvin Cook, he out there, free agency. Emmett, me, Emmett. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott, <laughs> he's, out there. he's out there, free agency. And also Kareem Hunt. And I, you know how I feel mm -hmm. about Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt, before he got into his trouble, man, he was one of those guys at KC. And even when Nick Chubbs got injured, you saw Kareem Hunt change the tempo when he came in for the Cleveland Browns. So it's just right now, you know, that's just a pool you just sitting in the subway, so say, waiting for the train to pull up and for the train for these guys, the team to call you. Um, and also, you don't want to overvalue yourself, too. You want you don't want to ask for too much because teams ain't paying. You know, if the franchise tag going for 10 and you ask for eight and you 27, 28 years old, they ain't going to look at you like that. Um, just, just look at what they're doing with the guys in their prime right now. So 
um, the declining value of the running backs until somebody actually, until a team actually get there by that style of play. I just think personally, Mark, they're not going to value that running back position like that. Let me take this in a little bit of a different direction, Ike. I think teams will continue to be creative in their use of running backs. And this, I don't want to say originated, but I know that the Steelers did this with Le'Veon Bell when he was going through his contract dispute because it wasn't just quarterback under center, turn around, hand him the ball. Now, they did that a lot, but finding ways to get a running back in space, swing passes out of the backfield, putting a, a running back in the slot. I know that the 49ers can do that with McCaffrey because he has the ability to do that. They'll do that with Debo as well. So to where it's not just traditionally what we've always had as the tailback, the running back position in the NFL, but right. finding ways to get guys in space to create mismatches, particularly in one-on-one -on -one situations where they're prone to make the defender miss. Yeah, I mean, you, you just look at look at what they're coming out with now from college. Uh, B. John Robinson. Um, have you ever watched yes. a man come out of the backfield and catch the ball? Uh, Gil from Detroit, from Alabama. Have you ever watched a man come out of the backfield and catch the ball? So you got to be like one of those top guys that you ain't got to sit in the eye formation and sit behind the quarterback. I can actually motion you out, and you're going to give an outside linebacker or a safety hell out and catch this ball, whether it's an angle route or whether whichever route I give you, depending on the coverage. And not too many, not too many, not too many running backs like that. So the traditional running back is going out of style. Um, until like the, like I say, the Derrick Henrys, the Najee, the Najees, until them guys and Najee come out the backfield and catch. Yeah, he has good hands. And, yeah, and he's and he's sitting at six three and a half, two forty, two forty five. So until until a dot running back, and what I mean by a dot running back, a running back who sits behind the quarterback and call homes, uh, wins like a Derrick Henry, and they wind up winning, then they'll start valuing. I think, my personal opinion, yeah. running backs like that, but until they're not, they're going to stay on the decline in value. Kind of like in basketball where they've got the three and D wings, they run a five out, there's versatility, there's switchability in basketball. I think we're going to move the same in the same way with skill position players in football to where you have to have the ability to run with the ball out of the backfield. You have to have the ability to catch passes, to run crisp routes. Uh, I don't think where it's just like, oh, he's a receiver, he's a running back. I think all of that's going to be eventually blend. And if you could find someone that could do it all, almost like the Walter Payton style, Ike, uh, to get as many players like that on a single offense, I only think increases the value and what you can do offensively to try to score as many points as possible. And one other thing too, I think eventually we could see is, and, and with the RPOs, with the read option plays, I think the next iteration of that, Ike, and this would only be a handful of times a game, would be to incorporate more of like, hook and ladder, lateral styles, elements to an offense when you can manipulate a defense, know what it's going to do in advance, have skilled enough players out there on the field to say, hey, they're going to over-pursue this player. We can flip it to another guy, and he's off for a touchdown. I think that's the next iteration of offense that we haven't seen yet, but it's coming due to the versatility of the types of prospects that are coming into the league. Just my opinion, though, Ike. Gotcha. I like that. I like that, Mark.
All right, Ike, we will keep this rolling. The Steelers get linebacking depth as the wrath of Khan continues, Omar Khan, this offseason. Something else we discussed last week where it's like, hmm, Ike, they could really, really use a linebacker to help shore things up uh, in the middle. It looks like we lost Ike for just a second. We'll get him back here. There it is. Ike, this was something we talked about, though, because... Yes, you get a Landon Roberts. Yes, you bring in Cole Holcomb, two new additions to this defense. Kwiatkowski is going to fulfill the role that you had with Robert Spillane as the thumper. So it's like Spillane, now a member of the Raiders, you bring in Kwiatkowski and he's going to help fulfill that role as someone who is very, very physical and then someone who can also play on special teams. That's how I see this signing. Yeah, I mean, just added added depth. Yeah. That's all. That's all. That's all. A special teams guy, just in case somebody gets hurt sitting in that interior as a linebacker crew who can come in and fill in a few games. Um, who's a stealer who just loves football when you watch his tape? He's just coming downhill, just happy to be on the field. The same, just, just the intensity level. So, I mean, I mean, Mark, I've been, oh, oh, Omar, Omar Khan, man, he relapsing on how that team was built. And how that locker room was built when it came down to winning them championships when we was winning. That's all I can say because that's all I can see right now how he building this roster. And he he trying to do that tomorrow. <laughs> he, trying to, he trying to get that tomorrow. Uh, now, so, let me correct you. Like, he's trying to do that yesterday. Yeah. 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 So oh, oh, really looking, <laughs> oh, really looking for them still a, them still a guys who just love football. Who just want to play football, man? And by the end of the day, he's getting, he's getting them. But Nick, they're gonna be good for depth. You can't have too much depth, you know. And you know one thing about Pittsburgh, they love their linebackers. If it's any kind of history, when it comes down to the defense, it's gonna be that linebacker history. So just yeah. adding a lot of, just adding a lot of depth to that room, especially in the inside for that linebacker core. The last move, Alex Highsmith gets his extension and bring on the 49ers week one, Ike. This is how I see the rest of the offseason going. Let's get healthy. Uh, well, let's make sure we stay healthy while we're there. But that's like the last thing now. Uh, what an amazing offseason it's been. One other thing I need to note, Ike, something I notice. Christian Kuntz, who's been the long snapper the last two seasons in Pittsburgh. Right. Steelers also signed long snapper Rex Sunahara. So is it Kuntz's job to lose? Is there going to be a competition? And I say this particularly for this reason. Boswell's coming off his worst season in several years. When he, I think it was the 2019 season where he battled injury. Boswell also battled injury in 2022. So I expect redemption because Boswell's as good as there is in the league other than Tucker over in Baltimore. But you bring in a new long snapper potentially or to say with Koontz, hey, we need you to get back up to snuff to where Boswell's knocking through pretty much everything inside 50 yards. So I noticed that as well. Steelers also released wide receiver Anthony Miller uh, in the coming days. So really how we're going to shake out the rest of the 53-man roster, though, I, we need to be able to rely on Boswell from a special team standpoint, make sure our punting game is up to snuff too. Something that's not really flashy or sexy to talk about, but in a very, very important element to football in terms of winning and losing. It can make the difference between 
two, three games, and that could be the difference of, hey, are we winning the division or not? Hey, when you want to talk about law staff and that competition is, who's going to go down there and make that tackle? Yeah, I need that mm-hmm. ball snapped in 0.5, 1.5 seconds to get back there. But at the same time, if I got a long snapper who the first man down there mm-hmm. and making that tackle, that's <laughs> that's a plus for me. That's a, That ain't nothing but a linebacker snapping. So, say, competition going to bring two things, the best or the worst out of somebody. And I see what Omar is doing. Omar is bringing – if we're talking about long snapping on this show, Mark, Omar ain't doing nothing but bringing competition from the top of that goddamn roster to the bottom of that goddamn roster. <laughs> That's exactly what he's doing. So, by the end of the day, ain't nobody safe. Ain't nobody safe. Yes. You're going to work to have this position. You're going to work to have this job. If not, I got a young boy sitting right behind you. He's salvaging at the mouth because he ain't eating three or four days, and I got a buffet right in front of him, and that's getting on the field. So so that's exactly what O is doing, Mark. Full transparency for our viewers. There's times where it's like, Ike's so funny. You know, it's hard for me not to derail the whole show. (laughs) This is that moment right now. Full transparency for the people listening and watching, Ike. (laughs) Yeah, my bad. No need to apologize. HBO still does not have a team for Hard Knocks. There are four teams that are eligible, Ike. And let me get my list here. The Bears, the Saints, the Jets, and the Commanders. I first want to ask you, uh, which of those four would you want to see on Hard Knocks this year? Say it again. The Bears, the Jets, the Commanders, and who else? The Saints. Man, this is going on. Go ahead and give me AR, man. Let me see what AR talking about with the Jets. Let me see what Aaron Rodgers talking mm. about right quick. I mean, yeah. he new to the team. Fresh up on the fresh up on the team, um, young team. He's surrounded by a lot of young guys too, and they talking highly of him. If everybody been paying attention, so yeah. Let's 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 see what they talking about right there, sitting up there with the New York Jets. It's gonna be interesting. Um, I look at Uncle with his nephews. That's how I look at that team up there with the Jets. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is the uncle, and everybody else is nephews. So. <laughs> um, they're looking at him totally different. He looking at he, you can tell he just feel different. You know, he got a lot of bounce to his attitude and his stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can just look at his body language and you know he feel like, you know what, this feel different. You know, I like I like this right here. He going out with the young boys. They're going to basketball games when basketball was going on. Yeah, him and they Sauce. Yeah, hey man, listen man, listen man. Them them boys, you know, they in New York, so it's a different kind of vibe out there in New York. So them boys. Look, he said he felt like and potentially he could have the best corner and the best receiver in Garrett Wilson, man. Mm-hmm. It's just saying it. Then you get Brees Hall coming back, like, what we doing? You know, so hey man, he he looking at he looking at this roster like, oh snap. And I'm looking at that roster because we were talking about that roster last year, Mark before Brees Hall got injured. Like, yeah, Brees Hall was on it. Brees Hall was on his way to getting twelve hundred at least rushing. Cause we we was we was messing with Brees Hall coming out of Iowa State. Oh we yeah, talk, we, we love talking him. about it. Yeah, for the draft. So and he looking at it like, oh man, you know, it like he didn't hit that reset button um, in a good way, um, body language wise, you know. So I guess all of them going into the woods and having yoga sessions and getting missing for four or five days, man. He finally go to a team that. You know, he's really enjoying it. Like, it, like, it looked like AR is really um, back to enjoying himself and enjoying football. It don't look like a job to him 
no more. And I thought when he was in Green Bay, it, it, it felt like a job for him, you know? Um, just looking at how he's interacting with the young guys for the Jets, it don't look like a job to him, like he's back to having fun. Winning would take care of the psych, but I'm curious to see how long that honeymoon lasts with the New York media, especially considering it's the largest city in the country, media market number one. So we'll see. You mentioned Brees Hall, and I know everyone listening really cares about this, but my fantasy football team never recovered when he went down with injury. I, I never recovered, Ike. Nah, Brees, Brees. Special I mean, player. Yeah, he was on his way. So what was he? He was special at Iowa State. And he was on his way to being special his first year, but hopefully he come back super healthy, super healthy, because I would love to see him get down this year. I would love to see the Bears just considering uh, my hometown, Justin Fields, entering his third season. Um, remember, there are requirements to be on Hard Knocks. Uh, you are not eligible for the show if you have a first-year head coach, if you've gotten a playoff berth in either of the past two seasons and then teams that have appeared on Hard Knocks within the last 10 years. So the reason why we're talking about this, Ike, is a year ago we knew in March of 2022 that the Lions would be on the show for last season's show. We're into June, and we still don't know what the plan is. Why is it from a team and an organization standpoint that they wouldn't want the HBO cameras there? Man, that's a good question. Ask me that question again. Run about, run about. If you're time. looking at this from the team standpoint, the organization uh -huh. standpoint, several of them have said no. We don't want to be on Hard Knocks. Why is that? Why wouldn't you want to be on that show? Is that a competitive advantage? Is there something you'd be giving away? Why would teams say no? We don't want to be on the show to decline HBO's offer to say, hey, we want this team or this organization on the show. Um, cause it's going to be in training camp and training camp for, for the majority of people is sacred. You know, you got guys trying to make it on the team, you know, and you, you got a lot of, uh, there's a lot of intimate conversations and intimate situations that's in that training camp. And some people just want to keep it private. You know, they, they say a private life is a good life because nobody knows what's going on and that's exactly how you want it. You don't want people coming in with different opinions when you make it public. You don't want to tell everybody. It's just like being married. You know, when you when you come into the training account, man, you're on your way. You're married to you're getting married. You don't want everybody opinions on what's going on. There's just a lot of things you don't want people to know what's going on. So um, I just look at, you know, the successful teams. They're not worrying about, you know, hard knocks at all. I think it's entertaining because. Yeah. You know, outside of football, the real world gets to see what really goes on inside the football world. So it gives them a glimpse. But your teams who win the Super Bowl, they don't want no part. Your teams who has been winning Super Bowls, they don't want no part of that. It's that intimate factor when guys um, come into training camp trying to make the team. You got guys coming, coming into their prime. You got veterans still trying to hold on. You got rookie guys trying to prove, prove something, have a name. You got coaches as well as trying to do the same thing as these players, regardless of whether you didn't coach for three years or coach for 33 years. So it's just, it's just a lot of intimacy. The only way I can look at it is like a lot of, a lot, it's, it's a, even when I'm just going back when I was in training camp, like it's a lot of things I don't want y'all to see because mm -hmm. it was more us than anything. You know, this is a us, this is a we thing. Um, and it's just, you don't, you don't want 
people to see all kinds of things anyway. But it's just that it, it was it was bond building for us. And for us to have that kind of bond building, I think sometimes the cameras get the rolling and people kind of, you know, act out of body, so say they're not being authentic. Yeah. So I also think it's not fair to compare football to pretty much anything else we do in life to where when you're in the heat of battle lined up against someone, there's a lot of testosterone. There's a lot of energy. There's a lot of pride on the line. So I, I was going to ask you like, what's an example of that? But like, you know, when there's a training camp brawl or there's a fight or there's a coach and a player having an exchange, you know, I, I try to think about other facets of life where something like that would happen. It's like maybe other than the military, um, but that's something that can be required when you step between the lines. You're 11 on 11 when you're playing the sport of football. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, I mean, it, when I played, they asked us a few times and we declined. And, I, and I, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad it's just like, I mean, if they would have rolled the camera, man, we probably would, all of us probably would have been superstars on how we, how we was acting. <laughs> how we was acting, man, we, we was ahead of our time when it came down to that, Mark. We would have been superstars. All this reality TV stuff, man, we would, man, we would have, we would have, we would have blew that out the water and we were just going to be ourselves. Ourselves versus each other was <laughs> a handful for, for grown men. So, but yeah, Mark, man, it's just them three situations you were just talking about, coaches and players, mm -hmm. players versus players. Um, man, we like to keep it in-house. You know, that's the old saying, like, just keep everything in-house, man. The less people know, the better it is for us. And that's I think Pittsburgh always felt that way. And we have almost, uh, well, the show's been on since, what, 2001? So the Ravens had some success. They were 10-6 and six right. the following season. I know the Bengals had some success when they were on. But other than that, dating back all the way to 2001, you haven't had a team that's been on hard knocks that's gone on to win the Super Bowl. It's usually a team that, at the earliest, is a year away, sometimes two, three years away, which is okay. Um, for me, I'm like, well, if I'm on hard knocks, we're – I, I'm not saying it's a causation, but there's a correlation there where it's just like, mm, thanks, but no thanks. But we'll see. I do hope we get the show. Right. We'll see which team ends up getting it. Um, I, we have time for one more topic today. We'll go to what Yins think. And this is a question from your guy, Mark Bergen in North Carolina. Okay. What I want to know is who is the best trash talker for a player you went against in the NFL? A player I went against? Yes, sir. And it, it really, I would probably have to say Phillip Rivers. Low oh, key okay. Phillip. Yeah, low key Phillip. Yeah, low key Phillip Rivers. Phillip Rivers, <laughs> and his trash talking really want trash talking. It was like telling the truth. Like, you know, I'm about to come at you on these next three downs, and you're not going to be able to stop it. And it was like, man, Get back in the huddle, man. Stop talking to me. But Philip, Philip, Philip had a fine country way of talking trash where you didn't feel disrespected, but he disrespected you by having <laughs> throwing throwing your weight <laughs> or or telling you what, what defense we in. And you're like, man, I know this dude didn't just not call out our defense. 
And them TV timeouts was a mother for Philip. I used to talk to Philip doing them TV timeouts, man. Philip Rivers is an interesting dude, cool as hell, but um, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll he'll rock you to sleep. With that with that good old with that good old country talk, that country twang he had a little bit, and that that soft voice. But he'll look you in the eye and he'll tell you the truth. And before you know it, you you knew he wasn't lying to you. Like, damn, he said he was going to throw my way three times. And that's exactly what he just did. The man didn't lie to me. So he took shots at you. Oh. He took shots at you. I'm back. He took shots at you. We're talking about Phillip Rivers. He took shots at you, but the shots was, uh, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't cut that bad. But Phillip, he didn't curse, right? Huh? He didn't nah, curse, correct? No, nah, nah, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Phillip, man, Phillip was one of my favorite to play against. God, God, doggy, God damn it. Like, I'll be dumb. Like, Phillip, Phillip, Phillip was a competitor, man. That dude, that dude played, that dude played with a torn ACL. Damn, that took his team to the championship. Yeah. I don't think people remember that. Tough. What? Really tough. Yeah. With that Aki throwing, with that Aki throwing on, oh, man, they used to have them. They, I mean, the LA, LA Chargers, just like the San Diego Chargers, man, they always have power forward sitting at that wide receiver position. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. They always like big power forward receivers. For some reason, that's just been the MO. But y'all would say Phillip Rivers. Good choice, Ike. Good, good choice. From Alabama, NC State's very own. And then he went yeah. on to have a long career. Long. 04 to 2019 with the Chargers. Then that final season with the Colts in 2020. Uh, we'll see if he gets in the Hall of Fame, too. I think he's right there, Ike. He on the, he on, right he on the board. He touching, he touching the borderline with it. That's awesome. Uh, if you have any questions for Ike and I, especially now that we're into the offseason, leave a comment on YouTube. We'll bring those in throughout the show. Uh, Ike, that's another Believe in Steelers podcast. You're the absolute best. I want to thank you. Today's presenting sponsor, betonline.ag. I want to thank the Believe Network, too. We have a lot of great content now that we're into the offseason. We've got to get closer and closer to the start of training right. camp, the preseason. It's going to be here before you know it. And I want to thank the listeners and the viewers of the show. Please tap that subscribe button on YouTube. Give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts. One thing, everybody, for tuning in to Mark and I, one thing, Believe in Steelers Podcast. Got to thank BetOnline.ag for rocking with us since day one. Want to thank everybody for tuning in, checking out Mark and I. Make sure y'all give us a five-star rating. Um, appreciate everybody for just locking in with us, man. Make sure y'all have a good weekend. This is Friday, June 23rd. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thanks for watching the Believe in Steelers show. We'll see you next week. Until then, take care. and so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.